Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110 WBT. Last night we spent 90 minutes in Wingate talking about North Carolina politics. Of course, extending to Capitol Hill with the Congress race in uh, District Number Eight. Now we're going to shift our focus to South Carolina and also talk about South Carolina as it relates to the nation as a whole. Because Nikki Haley, of course, is the lone candidate left in the race in addition to Donald Trump now. And Nikki Haley, of course, former South Carolina governor, and uh, is getting set, gearing up for the South Carolina primary three weeks from Saturday. On the WBT hotline right now, we'd like to welcome to the show South Carolina Senator, State Senator Wes Clymer is with us. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Good to be with you all. Appreciate you being here. And you are a supporter of Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley uh, has uh, campaign events, as I understand it, has a campaign event in Rock Hill on Friday, tomorrow? It'll be in Lancaster tomorrow. Okay. Lancaster, at Indian Land High School at 6.30 p.m. Okay, okay. We had originally been told one thing, and now we clarified it, because you know you're, uh, you're, you're with her campaign uh, for a lot of the time. You're a supporter of Nikki Haley. What about Nikki Haley right now heading back to her home state? It's your state where you are. A lot of people are wondering uh, what kind of showing she'll put up. She was on Meet the Press this past Sunday, and Kristen Welker was trying to get her to say, uh, all right, how well do you need to do in South Carolina, your home state, in order to stay in this race? And what will it say if Donald Trump defeats you or by how much in South Carolina. What about the state of the Haley campaign right now uh, from the perspective of a, a, a South Carolinian? Look, every time Nikki's run for anything, she started out as an underdog, and this campaign for the presidency was no different. But the people of South Carolina are going to be reminded, and they're going to remember, that when Nikki was the governor, she passed the strictest immigration, uh, illegal immigration laws in the country, including E-Verify and voter ID, she held the line on taxes. South Carolina led the nation in job creation, and she fought the good old boy system in the legislature to compel them to have transparency and accountability with on-the-record votes. So, Senator Clymer, you know, pointing that out about how she focused on on immigration when she was governor, um, she has always considered herself a, a, a very conservative Republican. Um, you know, we have Mick Mulvaney on our show often, and he called her, you know, he's worked with her, he's called her a Tea Party conservative. How has this narrative come about that she's somehow not a conservative? Where did that narrative even begin, and how, how does she uh, overcome that whenever she's looking? Looking, uh, and, uh, looking at voters and talking with voters. Yeah, it is the. I am just dumbfounded at this this fake narrative that has has sprouted up around Nikki's conservative record. I mean, she is a diehard conservative. Her record as governor demonstrates that. And um, look, I'm, I'm as perplexed as anybody else. But I know for the next three weeks, Nikki's going to be all over the state of South Carolina. The people of South Carolina remember, and we will shed that false fake news media narrative uh, that that really is totally inconsistent with the facts. Talking to uh, State Senator Wes Clymer from South Carolina, uh, there's a new Quinnipiac University survey uh, that has just come out, 
and it's uh, you know the head-to-head battle uh, for president uh, when you when you put uh, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, and then you put Nikki Haley head-to-head against Joe Biden. Now the uh, the Joe Biden versus Donald Trump right now swings in the direction of the current president, fifty to forty-four. Same poll finds that Nikki Haley would beat Biden head-to-head, forty-seven to forty-two right now. Uh, now these numbers we've heard about these polls a, a lot recently. Uh, one thing I would add to this is it says if a third-party candidate were entered into the race, then Nikki Haley would not beat Biden head-to-head. But uh, talk about the dynamic of, of these head-to-head battles and, and uh, you know, the different dynamics of Trump versus Biden versus uh, or Nikki Haley versus Biden. Yeah, so uh, there is just no doubt at all that Nikki Haley will be the most formidable candidate Republicans can put forward to defeat Joe Biden in November. Um, say what you will about Donald Trump. He cost us congressional majorities in the midterms in his, when he was in office. He cost us Senate seats in Georgia. Nikki Haley, on the other hand, will lead a Republican landslide up and down the ballot, will retain the House, add to the majority, take over the Senate, and Nikki Haley will be president. On the other hand, if Trump is the nominee, it's a toss-up, best-case scenario. So that same poll that Bo was just referencing that just came out, there was also part of that poll that suggests that the the former president, Donald Trump, has a gender gap problem, that 58 percent of women would choose to back Joe Biden rather than Donald Trump. That number changes if it is Nikki Haley. Obviously, she is a woman running for president. If she were the, the main candidate on the ticket, if she were the Republican nominee, could potentially be the first woman to be president of the United States and closes that gender gap and changes that gender gap. Do you think that that's a big deal since women aren't jumping on the Trump train right now? Yeah, and look, I mean, I sort of treat public polling with a grain of salt because they've been wrong so often. But here's what we do know. In 2016, in 2018, and in 2020, suburban women defected from the Republican Party because of Donald Trump. And conservative uh, suburban women are an important piece of the Republican coalition if we're going to win national elections. So if if Republicans want to win national elections, if we actually want to defeat Joe Biden, get rid of the the absolute disaster that his administration has been for this country, the best thing Republicans can do to bring the Biden presidency to an end is nominate Nikki Haley. One final question for you, and and, uh, I heard uh, Kristen Welker asking the same type questions, but uh, you're close to the campaign. Uh, You know how you know, uh, you know, what makes Nikki tick here and how she's operating. Uh, You know, what does she need to do in South Carolina? Uh, Double question. What does she need to do in South Carolina in this uh, upcoming primary? What kind of performance does she need to have? And then how long do you think she's prepared to stay in this race as the only candidate left not named Donald Trump? Look, we got to separate fact from fiction. The fact of the matter is that Nikki Haley's record is among the most conservative of any governor in the, in the modern era in this country. Strictest immigration law in the country, unrivaled jobs growth, held the line on taxes, fought the good old boy system, and that's exactly the kind of policies that Nikki's going to take to the White House when she is the Republican nominee and when she defeats Joe Biden in November. Wes Clymer, state senator, we appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks for having me. Always good to be with you. All right. Take care. Enjoyed it. 
Uh, off he goes. Uh, I, I, I uh, wasn't expecting him to tell me the any more than Nikki Haley told Kristen Welker, you know, how, what, what it's going to take. But I think that's what everybody's wondering. You know, you were the governor of South Carolina. Uh, that, that should be, I mean, anybody who was a governor. Now, I know that Al Gore lost Tennessee famously the year, and that sort of started, that was the beginning of the end for him. Um, but the real question is, I mean, it does not look like she's going to win South Carolina. So how well will she have to do in order to stay in? That's yeah, the question. The big question is, will she be able to make enough inroads in the next three weeks to to make everybody feel comfortable with her staying in the race? But I know that there are some people in states across America who are waiting to vote on Super Tuesday who are saying, hey, stay in the race because I want a chance. I don't want three states to be the, the deciding factor in a presidential election. Well, and I did not get to ask this question. I'm not question. saying I don't want I'm saying some people might say that. Right. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> I didn't get to ask this question last night. We ran out of time. But, you know, they've been talking about this idea of declaring Trump the presumptive nominee. Yeah, yeah. And, and basically uh, the byproduct of that would be it would take the the, the competition out of the, the, the delegate count for the rest of the way. And, um, you know, all of those candidates on stage last night, if Trump were to do that and the party would declare him the presumptive nominee, that would hurt those down-ticket battles. Right, because people wouldn't feel as compelled, potentially, to show up to these primary races. And we already know that primary election nights or election days don't always bring out the voters. You know, you end up with around 10, 15 percent sometimes choosing who these candidates are going to be. And if, if you don't have the, the main candidates at the top of the ticket... You're right, Bo. It would affect the down ticket races. So I didn't get to ask. I mean, all of those candidates last night were were, were Trump supporters. And uh, be interesting to hear the answer to that question uh, about whether or not he should be declared the presumptive nominee. Because, you know, you need those top ticket voters to get out the vote if you're down the ticket on on Super Tuesday when they will be trying to become the nominee for uh, for Congress. So lots going on. We will talk to Brett Jensen, who is at Bank of America Stadium right now, awaiting the uh, news conference today to introduce new Panthers head coach Dave Canales.